Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo, and today we have a very awesome person from Data Points Consulting, my good friend, April Hall. April, how are you doing today? I'm good, Andy. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk with everyone today. Well, I'm so excited to have you on, and just for people who don't know, April and I connected through LinkedIn, and we've been connected for a, a while now and have had a lot of interaction back and forth and get along really well, but have never actually met in person or, or talked on the phone. So this is a, a pleasure for me in both to have you on the show, but also to get to know you one-on-one in front of you know, know hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's long overdue. It is. So, April, um, in a few minutes, we're going to put you on the spot and ask you what your awkward is. But before we get there, I'd love to have you share something exciting you have going on or that you're working on that you want to make sure our listeners know about. Okay, I do. I am really excited right now about our YouTube channel because we are going to be putting up a couple of new series. Um, One's just quick data tips and the other one's going to be a pretty hilarious view from the self-employed being self-employed. Super. Oh, nice. So are these going to be like continual tips and tricks for people on how to kind of improve their own situation? Yeah. So right now we just started the Karen and Sarah series, which is, they're about five-minute-long videos, and they'll present a scenario that many of us face, you know, as small businesses. And they'll show you, you know, Karen doesn't use her data. They'll show you what happens. And Sarah uses hers, and you'll get to see how it actually changes the outcome. And I, I, love, I love that comparison because I know for myself, I've had – plenty of times where I have not paid attention to data because you're kind of going on that gut feeling and you're a cowboy in your business and you're excited about doing it old school. <laughs> but then you look down and something as simple as like for me, it's how many people did I reach out to and ask for business this week? Even just tracking that makes a huge difference in my life where I can say, well, no wonder why I don't have any business the second week of the month because the first week of last month, I didn't ask for enough sales. So I'm in a situation now of, you know, this is the the fruits of my labor or lack of labor previously. Yeah, and it's like that old thing, whatever you um, focus on, you know, the data you collect, you're going to start to turn your focus to that area. Mm-hmm. And, and so just for people who might not understand, this is, this is like what you do. You help people understand how to look at their data. Do you help them? Is it more that you help them analyze their data? Do you take spreadsheets for them and give them answers or do you teach them how to gather the data? What is, where are you the most helpful for people? So I do both, but I'm trying to move out of the analyzing your data sector, (laughs) just Uh to, you know, data privacy concerns and it's it's a big hassle. Um, So what I like to do is I like to go in and I will, you know, I have little surveys and we'll see what you're collecting. 
And we'll go ahead and let you know what you should be collecting, how you can collect it, and what you can use it for. And we do a little three-month checkup afterwards to make sure that everything is still aligned. I love that. So you kind of lay the groundwork, you you get the base point Mm -hmm. of, of where we should be at, and then come back to really understand have you been doing it? Have you improved what, what's changed? Now, one thing that's always nervous for me as, as a single business owner, you know, I'm, my business, it's the business of me. So it's, it can be awkward a lot of the time in so many ways, but do people have to have some like fancy POS system or some way that collects all this data or is it tally marks on paper? Cause a lot of times I know that's what a lot of my data ends up being. <laughs> and you're not alone. A lot, a lot of people do that, and that is fine if it works for you. I usually suggest that people do get a CRM, which is a customer relationship management software, and there's a lot of free ones out there. And But if you don't want to do that, and you know, an Excel sheet is just fine too. Um, I'm not an advocate for the paper just because it can get lost and it's hard to analyze later. But absolutely, mm-hmm. people can, you know, lots of different people working from home. I mean, I'm one of them, too. It just, if you don't collect it and put it somewhere where you can easily access it, then it kind of becomes a nightmare. Oh, that makes sense. I I, I love that you mentioned CRM and, and actually calling out that there are some great free ones out there because that's one mm-hmm. thing that... Uh, can be overwhelming or there's so many options that have all these bells and whistles and you start to worry about how much money am I going to spend on just what, what I would say is a lot of people view as just collecting data. However, I'm sure you would argue that that's so critical and it's not just about just collecting data because that's, what's going to make your business successful and profitable is having that data. So knowing that there's some free options, I think is really important to know. Yeah, there's a, I tell people to, there's free trial offers all over the place, you know, um, HubSpot, mm-hmm. Salesforce. So I advise people to go ahead and do the free trial and put in, you know, a couple of big customers and just kind of go through the motions to see if it's going to work for you. I love that. Yeah, that's a good idea. At least, at least try it and see how you like it. Mm. Well, it's, you know, Let's take the prospecting scenario. Um, So many people don't collect that. And once you do start collecting that and you ask that all-important question, how did you hear about me? Are you recording it somewhere, you know? And if you are, Mm -hmm. it's on a piece of paper. Well, then you got to shuffle back through and kind of, you know, dig through that. With the CRM, you can just run a quick report, you know. You enter it into a field and then – Six months down the line, you can run a report and see, you know, most of my people are coming from referrals or the website or whatever. Right, which is so critical because that's that data then is how you can decide where to make decisions on where to con- concentrate. So if the majority of your exactly. business is coming from referrals and you can find out that they're referrals from a certain social media site or something, then that's where you want to spend your money or your time or your focus. Mm-hmm. Now we had a client whose referrals were coming from, or their business was coming from client referrals. So, you know, in turn, they decided to 
spend some time and effort on a reward program, you know, for, for their clients to do that. So, you know, it really does mm. like have a waterfall effect on the decisions that you make, especially when you're yeah. a small business owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just talking to the really business owner. The, we don't have oh, the time, the money or, you know, to, to make that wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was I. Ha, I was talking with a business owner the other day, and we were I, we, I was consulting with them on their marketing strategy, and the the one thing I was helping them understand was that kind of from your data, if you have they, they want they were talking about offering discounts and everything they were doing to try to drive business was offering discounts, but the one thing that they were missing in their data was well, when are your busiest and slowest times? Because you shouldn't be offering discounts when you already have business. Let's look at the times. Your, what's your slowest day of the week? What's your slowest hour of the week? So, if you're serving food and you don't have a lunch rush, but you have a really good business in the morning for breakfast, capture those breakfast customers and offer them some sort of incentive to come back and buy lunch. And and so that way you're discounting at a time where you don't already have business. Perfect. But it, but it, it all stems from the numbers. You know, you have to know the data first. Yep. <laughs> so, so April, I got to put you on the spot now. What is yes. your awkward thing that you've? I know we everybody wants to know. I've some, some talk on LinkedIn today. What is that awkward thing that you have had to learn how to own in order to get to where you are? Okay, so you kind of just touched upon it with the numbers comment. Um, uh, my awkward is the fact that I don't actually like math. I don't like math. I don't like to do it. I, you know, I'm not employing all these crazy complicated formulas to get data to work for me. Um, You know, I worked in the financial services industry for almost seven years and, you know, all these complicated things and they're missing out on the small data, the easy implementable things that really make an impact. So Once I realized that I didn't need to like all that complicated stuff and instead to shift over to, well, hey, if I don't like it and I'm a small business owner, other people don't like it either, you know, how can we we focus on that? So that is my awkward. I don't like math. I'm sorry, but that is one of the most mind-blowing awkwards I've heard so far because (laughs) for – for you to, for it to be as simple as the fact that you don't like math, and yet you've built a business around basically helping people use information you would use in math, that's just crazy. But it makes sense. It makes so much sense because you you know that you don't like it, and you know that it's a struggle, and and you found a way to to really focus on the simple part and make it easier. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you know data is so much more than just numbers and math. It's everything about who you serve and how you serve them. So I would imagine just from what you've shared, if you backed up years ago in life and thought about the fact that you probably knew that you didn't like math, if, if you, if someone were to tell you that you would be running a company based on helping people with math, what, how would you have, would you do you think that would have been a possibility in your head? No, absolutely not. But here's the thing: I don't, 
I don't think of it as a company built on using math. Even though I do use math, I, you know, previously mm-hmm. I was in research and reporting, and it's information. You know, you plug it in, and it's everything. Data is everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. Now, do you remember when you first kind of realized that you could make this into something that you could actually use? You could actually help I, people and actually make this into something good? Yeah, I did. I actually had help with that, though. My former employer was a a really good mentor. And, uh, you know, I was in a spot where, you know, the choice was, do you want to go ahead and be a financial advisor or where do you want to go, you know? And I ended up thinking to myself, I'm I'm really good at this, so I think I'm going to try and do this. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and I love the fact that you call out that it was a mentor because mm-hmm. so often I feel like we beat ourselves up thinking we have to have all the answers. But a lot of times it's just from someone helping ask some questions or, or putting posing things to us in a different way, and then we find those answers inside of us. Yeah, it's so important to have somebody who is on the outside, you know, instead of trying to be on the inside looking out because we miss a lot of stuff. The feedback oh, from yeah. a mentor is so important, I think. Oh, I completely agree. And I know when I look back early on in my career and I was looking at different, you know, self-help books on how to how to improve. And, and one of the books was talking about taking a test to kind of work on emotional intelligence. And it said, you know, find people that you trust to get feedback from both in your personal life and your work life. And I couldn't find those people. And it wasn't because I didn't trust people in my life, but it's because I wasn't being honest enough with myself on the answers that I felt comfortable opening up or really stepping out a little bit. And it wasn't until I had people help me kind of answer some of those questions and be okay that I started to feel feel like, I don't care. I'll talk about anything at this point. (laughs) I love that. That's funny that you say that because I did that same exercise before I decided to strike out on my own. Um, We were doing some sort of like disc survey or something like that. And, uh, you know, it prompted me to look, look in a little more and the feedback I got from, you know, cause they said the same thing, go around and ask, you know, friends and coworkers. I got some surprising insights from that. So it was really helpful. Yeah. But when I, when I finally came back to it and was able to do it, it's interesting because everything I'm doing today is because of what other people encouraged me to do that I had blinders on about trying in life. And it's, we don't always see our own skills, but yeah. So, so how long have you been with data? How long ago did you start data points and start working with people one-on-one? <laughs> Are you ready for the answer? Sure. It might be shocking. <laughs> A little <laughs> seven months. All right. Well, yeah. So, so that's been we- since we've been connected on LinkedIn. Yeah, we've, we've, uh, it's, I say we, I treat the company like it's another person. <laughs> uh-huh. I lo- no, I, I love that. I think that's such a good idea. 
I frequently say we, and I get called out on it a lot. Like, well, do you have other employees? Like, no, I just, I consider the company, <laughs> I consider the company mm-hmm. another person. But yeah, sure. it's uh, only been about seven months, and actually, I'm, I'm doing a lot better than I thought I would be. We've made a lot of progress. So I've spent this summer. Um, doubling down on helping people with their event data. So that's been really great. And, you know, a couple of things here in my hometown, and it seems like each client just kind of leads to the next client. So it's been wonderful. I love that. And I know, I knew that when we, we were first connected that you understood data and, and things you would talk about were data, but I definitely remember seeing a switch to where you were posting mm-hmm. videos and everything was all about data points. And I didn't know if it was just you had started posting more videos or that it was really a new venture. So I, that's so exciting to see a quick success story like that where you just jump right into it and make it happen. And like we were talking about a little bit earlier, we're all working from our kitchen tables. You've got a whole life going on around you. I know. <laughs> it's amazing how much we get done. I think I think a lot of people are going to like the A Day in the Life series on YouTube because it really tackles a lot of those things. I mean, mm-hmm. literally working from our kitchen tables, you know, and and I, you know, I don't consider it instant success for the business, um, but uh, you know, we're plugging along. There's definitely been a couple of times where it was really depressing, you know, just mm-hmm. not knowing <laughs> what to do next or what the next step should be. Right. So there are definitely I'm really glad. Hurdles. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that because there are those days where you're just kind of beating your head against the wall and people see your success stories. They don't always see, that side of, of you hitting the wall. Cause you know, we just naturally don't share that because you know, we're trained if we're, if we're showing that we're struggling or we're showing that we're not knowing where to go on the next step, then we're telling the world that we're not successful. And so it's, we're trained to just kind of hide that stuff. However, I love this idea of the day in the life and the fact that you brought up that there are those depressing days. Not that I love that you had the depressing <laughs> time, but the fact that you are open to share because because that's, that's what this is all about for everybody, right? Yeah, I think it's the natural cycle. Like, And if we don't talk about it, other people that are going through it are going to think that they're an anomaly, you know? And they're right. not. Everybody, and it, it happens to all of us. Exactly. And then, and then the other problem is when we don't talk about it and somebody runs into that wall, now they feel like it's, all or nothing and they failed. Like they got to a point and they couldn't go any further. So they didn't make it instead of knowing, no, you have to push through that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I had like a good solid two weeks there of, of absolute depression <laughs> at one uh-huh. point. And I was, I was yeah. ready to throw in the towel, but you know, that's where your mentors and your friends come in. And it's so mm-hmm. important to talk to them, you know, yeah. and you know, pointed me in in the events direction, you know, focus on this, focus on one thing. You know, it's hard when you're a small business owner to focus on one thing. It really is because there's so much to do with all aspects of the business. Mm -hmm. 
Now, do you do you have anything? Like, I I was going to ask you what what you use to get through those, and I think you kind of touched on it with your friends. But is that the trick? Just kind of falling back to your support system when you're in that time where it's dark and ugly. You know, that is what works for me. Um, just because uh, it's that outside view in, and it, mm-hmm. it definitely pointed me in a a different direction. You know, kind of like pivot a little bit. And yeah, I that's what worked for me. I'm not going to say that's what's working for everyone else because I don't know. Um, yeah. But having that is was super important for me. I'm not sure I would have kept going without that. No, I th- I think that's very critical. I as I'm as you're talking, I'm thinking about where what I've used and and I think in a lot of ways it's the same because I've it's been you know you you start venting your frustrations to your friends and your mentors and then they do bring that outside perspective. One that I really remember was early on I was having frustration where I remember telling friends a, a friend of mine that I've I feel like I've done everything I can and yet the money's not coming in. You know, it's like, what am I supposed to do to make this an actual business? And I I remember her saying, you know, we're we're pretty close. Like, dude, here's the deal. (laughs) You need to, you need to find some other way to track your success and your progress that isn't necessarily tied to, did you get a check? Because at this stage in your business, there's a lot of growth happening that isn't necessarily a booked gig or a new client. And so, yes, while that is the goal and it's important, you can't beat yourself up for not getting anywhere when you've increased followers, you've, you know, put out more regular blogs, whatever it is that you can track. And that comes right back to what you're talking about with the data, where if I, that would help me focus on where those successes with the data are. And then from there, I could figure out where that could generate income. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so helpful to have it, um, in, in one spot, like out of your brain, sort of, you know, instead of worrying about the what ifs and the, you know, am I making progress on this? If you're just logging in that, those simple things that take like five minutes a day, you know, um, mm-hmm. then you can just quickly go and look back and say, hey, you know, I've, I've gained this many followers or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's, it, it helps to, drive you forward you're a little focused yeah yes now for you when you talk about doing events or focusing on one thing over another and and i love the idea of events because that just sounds like a fun thing you'd always be kind of experiencing whatever's going on around town but (laughs) do you find that there's completely different sets of data or is there a certain base that's always important for people to pay attention to yeah, they're all different, every single one of them. Um, so I've done, like, a wine tasting. I've done um, uh, the uh, animal rescue group type deals and, um, you know, mm-hmm. some local, like, uh, reading programs and things like that. So, yeah, they're all completely different. And the thing I want to stress with events is when I come in and I analyze your data, because that's what I do for them, um, and put it into a nice handy little report for you, Um, The most important thing is that now you have a benchmark to compare to for your next next year's events because most of these things happen every year. Right. So it's it's really about establishing that that baseline so that you can then next year 
once you have more data, you can compare it and know if you did better, where you did better, and where you need to improve. Yeah. I, uh, that's, that's so, it's just, it's interesting when you think about stepping into everything being a different set of numbers or set of data that you need to collect. But when you, when you are helping people like your goal, you mentioned earlier, you're working so much now to empower people to do that themselves. So they're not having to send you a file of data. You can, teach them to use the data themselves. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's where so we're going now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it yeah, is, because especially because you, you only have so many hours in the day. Exactly, exactly. And it's, you know, it's small business. You want to do it yourself anyways, naturally. Many people do, you know. I mean, I mm-hmm. tried to build my own website, and that was a horrific train wreck. <laughs> and I had to call somebody who actually knew what they were doing to do it, and it was so much easier. And it's kind of like that situation, except once you start getting into it, and you really do realize that it just becomes a part of your routine, and now you're not having to pay me to do that for you constantly. You know what I mean? Right, Yeah. So do you have a favorite success story where someone started using data and it, it helped their business? Oh, yeah. The, I think my favorite one is the prospecting one um, just because it made such a huge impact to just start tracking where those prospects were coming from. And it impacted, mm-hmm. you know, their marketing and, you know, their current client base. So that was really a great win to see them succeed like that. Yeah, and I would imagine that as much as there's data that's different for every business or event to collect, there's also different data based on the stage of your business or your business growth that you're in. Absolutely, absolutely. Each stage you're in requires a ton of different things. Like if you're starting out, you're, you're focusing on getting clients and you're focusing on your marketing, right? You want to get people through the door. Right. You want them to know who you are. Is completely different from you know three to when you're more established. Mm-hmm. Then those things are going to shift. Yeah, and I think that was the mindset problem I was having originally. Was I was trying to collect the wrong data. I was trying to collect sales data before I had sales, and I was frustrated. And if I would have just simply shifted to collecting prospect data and forward momentum on that, then I could track that process and learn how to close those clients and where I was and was not having success. Yeah, that's a, per- that's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Well, I hate to say it. I'm loving chatting with you. It's been <laughs> way overdue, but we are getting yeah. down to the last couple of minutes. So do you have some last words of wisdom or a great quote or anything that you love you want to leave with our listeners? Data doesn't have to be scary, complicated, or hard. See me. <laughs> uh, I will give that, that image. Yeah, that is so simple. And it is, I love that you just broke it down to a simple, it doesn't have to be, what do you say, scary, complicated, or hard. And yeah. and you're here to help. That's, I love, it couldn't be any better than that. <laughs> I've had 
lots of networking events to get that out. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm sure it's it. That's thing. It's it's always a process to refine our message and really get to what hits home with people and what sticks and what's easy to convey. Mm-hmm. Well, April, thank it has been so such much. a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thank you. I love everything you share. Be sure, everyone, that you are following April on all of her social media. We will have links in the uh, episode description, but it's April Hall. Um, be sure to follow the YouTube channel. What is there a name for the YouTube channel we should be looking up? Yeah, it's April Hall Data Gal. April Hall Data Gal. And there will be a link in the comments, too. But in case you're listening to this while you drive down the road, remember that. April Hall Data Gal. It doesn't have to be, uh, I'm forgetting your quote already, scary, hard, or complicated. Complicated, yeah. (laughs) All right. It doesn't have to be any of those things. And see April, because she'll help you out. I love it. So. Thank you so much, April. We will talk to you soon. It was a great conversation. Yes, I loved it. We will chat soon. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.